0: I'm Melissa Coltrero, and this is Sorry For Your Loss, a podcast about grief. I lost my mom in 2014 to cancer. And since then, I've come to realize the ambiguity and challenges that come with navigating grief. What is considered proper or conventional grief practices in current Western culture? And how are these notions being challenged? Grieving is often considered a private expression which is constrained to a certain timeline or environment, such as a funeral. However, social media and online mourning are challenging this taboo grief is associated with, as it's becoming more common and thus socially acceptable to express grief openly, particularly on these platforms. It's not uncommon to come across a picture of someone's past loved one on your daily timeline or a lengthy, heartfelt caption expressing a loss. People are even taking selfies at funerals, and hashtagging the word funeral. In fact, in an article called "Virtual Grief," Christina J. Morehouse and Heather M. Crandall state that quote the public and private spheres of life are blurring, challenging long-standing traditions of the boundaries between personal and shared information. In another study called "Beyond the Grave: Facebook as a Site for the Expansion of Death and Mourning," Jed Brubaker. Gillian Hayes and Paul Durish highlight the way Facebook, as well as other social networking sites have transformed the way one grieves. For instance, these platforms are often used as a way to talk directly to the deceased, with captions or comments such as, I miss you. It's almost as if social media is a means of communicating with past loved ones. The researchers state that social media allows people to engage with the dead, as well as fellow mourners, in unconventional ways. I wanted to know how these studies apply to current grief practices and therapy. So I chatted with counselling therapist Bob McKenzie, who works with many grieving patients. He explained to me that part of his practice is encouraging the brief to open up about their loss and express themselves. I asked him if he thinks social media plays
1: a role in this. Yeah, I think there's a very wide range of how people can express their own personal journaling but now that journaling is often done in uh, in in much more public settings um in social media and i think that expression the uh, uh remembering memorializing is all helpful it's also helpful to have a sense of community that there's others and that we together are uh, expressing the significance of uh, of uh, what or who has been lost. I recall being at a conference many years ago where someone was talking about uh, the challenges of uh, a society with high-tech and with high-touch needs. And so that... Uh, Part of our need when we're going through a great deal of emotional pain uh, does include uh, uh, having a sense of presence. And when people are at a distance and not able to communicate directly, that presence may come through technology. Uh, But the presence of just being with people Um, not fixing their problem, not taking the pain away, but just that they're not alone, that somebody would be with them. I think that high touch of uh, presence and the sense of community are very key to healing.
0: Many people turn to social media to, simply put, share and connect. And according to Bob, sharing and connecting are key factors when it comes to providing comfort particularly to those in grief. Many studies on grief and social media acknowledge the empathy and online mourning community that often forms as a result of posting about a death. When I asked positive psychology expert Dr. Joseph Casper why he thinks many people turn to social media to express grief, he also described the communal aspect it often forms.
2: Uh, I am far from a social media expert, but I will say two things uh, from it. One, it encapsulates writing, so no matter where you're writing, whether you're typing it, writing it, that's going to organize your thought. But what happens, I think, with social media, it allows you to do it in a way to um, feel comfortable to express your true feelings, and then and then form a relationship, and then those rela- you'll you'll meet people with similar traumas, and it will form sort of a ther- you know I assume it forms. Uh, like a grieving, a group, a bereavement group, or a, a therapeutic circle where you're actually grieving with people with similar traumas, probably with similar magnitudes, probably with similar meetings, and it allows them to grieve together. So the the um, that's also, we know, is therapeutic. That's why there are groups and bereavement groups. So I think you're seeing that component
0: Many social media users, including myself, use social media as a form of journaling or writing out and sharing thoughts and feelings. In Dr. Joe Casper's thesis paper, he talks about therapeutic writing and its cathartic value. He notes that, quote, there's substantial evidence that translating emotional events into words leads to profound social, psychological, and neural changes. Katie Shim, who lost her mother and is an avid social media user, has reaped these cathartic benefits as well.
3: Here's Katie. I think it's important to release what's on your heart. And for me, writing it down and putting together my thoughts so I can see them on paper, or I guess in this case, on my screen, uh, helps me better understand and realize it. So, And I think I openly share it because I know that I've read other stories out there that where people were vulnerable, and I see when I read those, I'm like, wow, like that struck a chord with me. And that's something that's so honest and real. Like, you can, when you read something by someone that is just full of truth, you just know. Mm-hmm. It's not like p- the particular position of words or then words that they necessarily use, but there's just something that you know and you sense that, okay, that's coming from a place in their heart. And because I've been able to see some of that and learn from that, it just makes me want to do that. Maybe for other people, but mostly for myself. It's mostly for myself. It is mostly for yourself.
0: Yeah. In the book Option B by Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg and psychologist Adam Grant, Sandberg describes her personal experience with grief expression on Facebook after her husband passed away. She explains how she poured out her emotions in a post she thought she'd never share due to its personal and vulnerable nature. But when she finally did post it, she got an overwhelming response from strangers and other loved ones who reached out to her. Since then, Sandberg has created OptionB.org, which is an online platform allowing others to share their stories of adversity and connect with others in similar situations. Positive psychologist Dr. Maria sirwa also notes the communal aspect that comes with sharing via social media and the comfort it has the
4: potential to provide. I, I think it's It's actually become an opportunity. I know, for example, I lost my younger brother Mm -hmm. six years ago, seven years ago. He was 48 years old. And it was insanely heartwarming to see the number of posts coming to us via social media once one of my family members had, you know, noted on Facebook, for example, that my brother had passed. And the beauty of it was not only the range of posts that were coming in, but the, um, the historical timeline. I mean, we were getting posts from people who knew my brother as a young person, you know, as a, in elementary school and middle school. So these are people we would never have had any other way of knowing about or being in touch with. And so one of the positives from media is that shared sense of community and that, that um, momentary glimpse into a sense that, wow, I'm far less alone than I thought I was.
0: As someone who has gone through grief themselves, I always feel inclined to reach out to those who post about a loved one's death. And I also always notice the sea of other comments on such posts, expressing condolences and support for the bereaved. Researchers Morehouse and Crandall note that, online, people are demonstrating empathy. Digitally mediated, but still meaningful. However, This seems to apply more so to social media posts that directly follow the death of a loved one, when the loss is still fresh, and emotions are assumably more... raw. What about the weeks, months, and years after the death? What about the future birthdays, anniversaries, Mother's Days, and Father's Days? Personally, I do post about my mom. I posted about her death, and I continue to commemorate her on the anniversary of her death, as well as birthdays, Mother's Days, and just random days when I feel inclined to write and share. But as much as I believe I'm doing this more for myself as an expression and release, I do always second guess myself before posting something about my mom. I mean, am I supposed to post a picture of my mom with a lengthy heartfelt caption for every anniversary birthday and Mother's Day? Am I doing this because I feel obligated to? Or do I really want to share this? How many more years am I supposed to continue to do this? And do I dare question? When does it become too much? I asked others who've lost a loved one if they ever have similar concerns. Here's what they had to say: Always, always on like Mother's Day and like her anniversary or passing, our passing. Sorry, I'll um I'll post like a picture of her and a little thing for the past like for the first like six years or the first five years it was just like rest in peace mom miss you was that out of obligation or did you? no I just felt like everyone else can say like happy mother's day to their mom and I couldn't so like Mm -hmm. this was this is all I could do so this is what I'm going to do and I don't care if people are annoyed that I'm that three times a year I'm posting a picture of my mom on my social media I'm going to continue to do it what's your reaction when you see other people post about their losses beautiful 100% I think that it's It's very cathartic to be able to talk about your grief.
4: It's definitely good because, like, a lot of the times with social media, people will only show, like, the good stuff. And, like, if you definitely – if you look at, like, bloggers and, like, vloggers and, like, people on YouTube, like, they always just kind of post, like, how exciting their life is and, like, how amazing their life is. But, um, like, showing – I guess, like, your real feelings, even if they might be negative feelings in a constructive way. Like, it's definitely something that's good. And if it helps you with uh, grieving. And also, like, I think one thing that I personally have, like, a problem with or, like, constantly have a problem with is, like, thinking about how do I honors, honor a person's memory effectively. And I think if that's your way of doing it, like, that's a good way to do it.
3: Um, at the beginning for sure, recently after I use social media a lot um, just sort of it was me posting during the uh, anniversaries and the firsts and the birthdays and the father's days and, and all of that uh, to be honest I think that I posted a little too quickly about about losing my dad I do, I do wish that I would have waited a little more and processed it a little more but sort of throwing it before throwing it out there um, I think I do feel obligated. I know that my my mum and sister post for sure, and I felt like maybe i I should and and it would be wrong not to um so yeah, I would say i I feel obligated to I used to feel pressured to have to post mm-hmm. um on all of those occasions, but honestly, I just address how i 'm feeling that day that's just one day doesn't really make a difference. Why do you think you feel felt pressured? I felt pressured because I guess I wanted it to be relevant and I was maybe so for example let's say Mother's Day like Mother's Day is one day of the year Mm -hmm. and everyone's posting about their their moms and I'm like oh I, I feel like I should post about my mom and I think it's just sometimes mind games that we play in our heads like oh if I don't post then will people not think will people think that I don't care and it's like yeah no like If you don't post, then that's okay. Yeah. It's not for them at the end of the day. And I kind of had to get real with myself about that too. I'm like, if I don't feel like posting, then I don't feel like posting. And if one day I do feel like posting, that's okay too.
0: So it's no doubt that social media is used as a tool for expression or commemoration for grievers in particular. However, in many studies, its unconventionality is noted. In their study... Brubaker, Hayes, and Dourish analyzed the experience of Facebook users during the time surrounding a death and interviewed participants about their perceptions of grief-related posts. They report the discomfort and shock some people experience when receiving the news of one's death on social media. Some participants state that online mourning is inappropriate and too casual a medium for such a weighty topic. They even go as far as considering it a means of attention-calling. These perceptions are perhaps where my own insecurities around posting such vulnerable content arises from. In addition, this form of grieving can be considered unconventional in the fact that the mourning is not contained to a funeral and expanded through the everydayness of social media. This also further proves the time constraints many people assign to grieving and perhaps why online mourning can be viewed as inappropriate. Morehouse and Crandall note that post about a deceased loved one, perhaps, quote, allow an outlet for the brief to feel that their loss is not forgotten and in some possibly comforting way, shared. They also state that, though funerals symbolize closure, grief lives on. Western culture views grief as something to be overcome and hidden, but social media challenges this notion. Because the truth is, grieving never really ends. The loss lingers beyond the funeral, and weeks, months, and years after a death. So just because emotions may not be as fresh, doesn't mean the person behind that Facebook post still isn't hurting and mourning. And what I've learned personally, particularly from this episode, is that no one, including myself, should ever second-guess themselves when commemorating a past loved one, whether it's five days after a death, or five years. Likewise, no one should feel obligated to do so either, because losing a loved one sucks. So if posting a picture or a lengthy caption provides some form of comfort, then no one else's contradicting opinion should stop you. I'm Melissa Coltrero. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sorry for Your Loss.